Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. So thankful to have this opportunity for us to come together each day, Monday through Friday, open up God's Word and study a little bit more, learn a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper, and grow in our knowledge and faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. If you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin on Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And middle of the week, Wednesday evening, 6.30, we come back together for midweek Bible classes. We encourage you to come and be with us at any and all of these services. You're always welcome. Get to know us again and let us get to know you. We also encourage you to tell others about the program and encourage them and encourage, we encourage you to do this as well. Go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. We just want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you'll receive this radio program, Search the Scriptures, every day, Monday through Friday, automatically to your smart device, whichever one you choose, your phone, computer, or whichever. And you will receive a great deal more, a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a short, about a 13-minute daily Bible study that we call today's Bible class. Only about 13 minutes, but it's seven days a week keeping us in God's Word. And that's important, again, for our faith. So take advantage of this. And while you're at our website, churchofchrist.com, you can access all kinds of sermons and scripturally-based articles that may help you grow in your faith. So take advantage of this and tell everybody else you can as well. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study. We're talking about a very terrible and something we should stay away from with all of our focus, and that's hatred. Hatred. As I said, I just pointed out some basic facts of hatred, what it will do to you and for, and, and for you in your thinking. Maybe instead of saying for you, against you. Hatred, ultimately, I think, is the result of anger that is left unchecked, anger that we allow to abide, live on in our heart. Now, we've talked about this as being a heart problem. Now, we've, we've, we need to stop and think about some behaviors that are common to us as human beings and that the devil will try to lead us into if we will allow him. Now, he cannot make us sin, but he'll show, sure throw the temptations out there, the opportunities. But we are the ones who ultimately make the decision ourselves to give in to those temptations. In verse 19 of Matthew chapter 15, Jesus said something that should really be stunning to us. He said, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. 
Now, he could have listed a whole longer list of sinful practices and lifestyles, I believe. But I think this is something of a representative list. But he said those kinds of sinful, wicked, evil actions and lifestyles come from the heart of an individual. Now, again, we're not talking, when we're talking about heart troubles in this particular line of study, we're not talking about that muscle inside of our chest. We're talking about the seat of our emotions, our thinking, our mindset, our soul, our spiritual character. That's what we're talking about. And so hatred, Jesus says, all of these different sinful practices, they come from the heart of an individual. What his mindset is or her mindset is. And hatred certainly would be applicable to what Jesus says there. It comes from the heart. We can't allow it. We cannot allow it to reside in our heart on an ongoing basis. We cannot even allow it to well up within us even for a moment because hatred clouds reason. It distorts our ability to see things clearly and objectively. It filters everything pertaining to that which you hate. So if you, if you hate a person, and I sure hope you don't, but if you do, if you hate a particular individual or a group of individuals, even if you hear something or see something about that individual that you should take as being a good character trait, your hatred for that person or that group of people will, will cloud how you, how you uh, uh, process that in your mind about them. It, it blocks any positive perspective of what you, uh, or about what you hate. It shuts down immediately any positive thought that might come to your mind about what that person does that, that is a good thing or what that group of people does, that's a good thing. But bottom line, and here's what ought to really scare us, is hatred will keep you out of heaven. Do you hate somebody? Do you hate some group of people? Now, as I introduced this particular line of study last time, I said, and I've been around a while, but I've never seen the kind of outright hatred that has swept across our nation over the last few years. I've never seen anything like it. And I grew up during times when there was tremendous social upheaval and cultural upheaval. Riots and protests, I've seen lots of those. But I've never seen the outright hatred between people and against people and groups of people that is so prevalent right now across our nation. That does not say anything good about us as a people. Well, we talked about hatred, and again, it is a heart problem. It's a two-edged sword, as I like to put it, because hatred towards somebody can ultimately cause that person harm 
and maybe even murder. Because as I said, anger that is left unchecked ultimately will develop into hatred. Hatred left unchecked will ultimately, or at least can ultimately, cause physical harm or in some other form harm to the person you hate. And right now the hatred is so open, it is so profound in our nation. If somebody disagrees with somebody else, well, you are to be hated. Now they wouldn't admit that right off the bat, but hatred's obvious, it's easy to recognize. And so they want to destroy that other person in some way, maybe destroy them personally, maybe destroy them socially. Look at what social media does, the hatred that comes across on that. Horrible, detestable kinds of things said about somebody that they don't like, they don't, they don't agree with. Man, they ought to look in the mirror. So hatred, one edge of that sword can cause tremendous harm to the person who is hated. The other edge of the sword points back toward the person who is hating that person, the person who is harboring that hatred in his, in his or her heart, because ultimately it will eat away like an acid or a cancer at the heart of the individual who bears that hatred and will not let it go toward another person. And as this happens, his hatred not only robs him of peace and happiness in this life, and I'm talking about the one who's harboring the hatred, but it can also deprive him of eternal life in heaven hereafter. So two lives end up ruined. The life of the one who is being hated and also the life of the one who hates that person. There can be no room in the heart of a faithful Christian for hatred toward another human being. It just, the two are diametrically opposed to one another. They're opposite ends of the spectrum. One's righteous in walking with God. The other one is unrighteous in being led by the devil. Well, we talked about an example of hatred. I believe we're to understand hatred, and that's when Cain slew Abel, his brother. He killed him. He murdered him. In fact, 1 John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 3, verses 10 through 15, labels it murder. Certainly, that's what we see in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. It's murder. He murdered his brother. Now, why? Because verse 5 in Genesis chapter 4 says, after God rejected Cain's sacrifice and accepted Abel's sacrifice, Cain became very angry, the text says. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4 tells us that it was by faith that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Since faith comes by hearing the word of God, then obviously God had instructed both young men as to what to offer by way of sacrifice in worship to him. And Abel obeyed and Cain substituted something else. Obviously what we can conclude from the text and from what the Hebrews writer says in Hebrews 11 and verse 4. 
So faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So God must have told them both. And Abel obeyed, Cain did not. But Cain's anger was turned on his brother. And I think we can conclude that it had boiled up into hatred, and so he murdered him. How sad. Hatred led to Joseph's brothers plotting Joseph, the son of, ja- of Jacob, his brothers, the sons of Jacob, the 12 sons of Jacob becoming ultimately the forefathers to the 12 tribes of Israel, that bloodline ultimately becoming the bloodline through which God sent Jesus into this world in physical form. But you go back to the story of, ja- of Joseph. Hatred led Joseph's brothers to plot his murder And ultimately, instead of murdering him, they sold him into slavery and then deceived their father into letting him think that a wild animal had killed their brother and dragged him off and eaten him. Look at the text. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. Now again, why was Cain angry when God rejected his sacrifice but accepted Abel's? Abel didn't do anything against him. It was God who rejected his sacrifice. But he turned his anger and hatred on Abel, his brother. Now, when his brothers, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him. They hated Joseph. The problem was with their father. He showed favoritism and made it obvious. But they hated their brother Joseph as a result. And they could not speak peaceably to him. Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 4. And their hatred was such that they they could not speak to him kindly, peaceably. And when Joseph recounted to his brothers a dream that apparently related to them, the text says in verses 5 through 8 of Genesis chapter 37, they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. And so intense had become their hatred for Joseph that when they perceived an opportunity, verse 18 says they conspired to ki- against him to kill him. But then thinking better, they actually, thinking better than actually murdering him, they sold him. His brothers sold him into slavery to a company of Ishmaelites. Verses 23 through 28 of Genesis chapter 37. Now imagine that degree of hatred, that depth of hatred. Your brothers hate you so much that at first they wanted to kill you. They conspired together to kill you. But then thinking better of that, they saw the opportunity and they sold you into slavery to a foreign peoples. And in that way, they got rid of you but they put you into a terrible existence, slavery. When Absalom's sister Tamar was raped by their half-brother Amnon, Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister, in other words, raped her, 2 Samuel 13, verse 22. Now, the setting, Absalom and Tamar were full biological siblings to their father, King David of Israel, and their mother. 
Amnon was their half-brother. David was his biological father, but by another wife. And so Amnon, he lusted after Tamar, his half-sister, and ultimately raped her. She told her brother Absalom. Absalom, as a result, hated Amnon, hated him. And he let that hatred boil within him. He let that hatred ferment, if you want to think of it that way, within him for two full years. In, in fact, in 2 Samuel 13 and verse 15, the text says he hated, he, Amnon ended up hating her that is Tamar, after he raped her, after he treated her so disrespectfully, violently, he hated her after the fact, intensely. And that probably simply (laughs) just fed the fires of Absalom's hatred toward Amnon. And we're talking about hatred in two different directions here by different siblings toward one another. But it's interesting, again, that verses 24 through 28 of 2 Samuel chapter 13 talks about how Absalom harbored and nurtured his hatred for two full years, verse 23, and finally plotting Amnon's murder in verses 24 through 28. He instigated the murder of his own brother. Half-brother, for sure, but that does not matter. It was his brother. So here are examples in the scriptures of hatred that led to despicable, violent acts toward one person or another. Murder, in a couple of cases. Almost murder, but then selling their brother into slavery in another case. Hatred is condemned throughout scripture. Throughout scripture, hatred is condemned. In the Old Testament law of Moses, It was specifically taught against. Hatred was taught against. Leviticus 19, verse 17, you shall not hate your brother in your heart. That's a direct statement. Murder resulting from hatred was punishable by death under that Old Testament law. Now understand, we're not talking about accidental death. We're talking about murder that was instigated or resulting from hatred. Numbers chapter 35, verses 20 and 21, if he pushes him out of hatred or while lying in wait hurls something at him so that he dies. So this is a person that has harbored hatred in his heart toward another individual and he, is, he it just loses control or maybe even plans it out and he murders that other person. Or in enmity, he strikes him with his hand so that he dies. The one who struck him shall surely be put to death. He is a murderer. I've often wondered and expressed this wonder to many people over the years. How, let's say there's a husband and wife or a boyfriend and a girlfriend. And the girlfriend or the wife leaves leaves the husband, or it could be the opposite. It could be the husband or the boyfriend leaves the girlfriend or the wife. And they go with another partner. And then the one who is 
left behind become so angry, so filled with hate that they kill the person, either the girlfriend or the wife or the boyfriend or the husband, or else they go out and they kill the person that they've gone to. They murder them, and they end up in jail for many years, maybe life. And my wonder has always been, so what did that do for them? They still did not get that mate back. They did not force them to love them again or even like them again. They were going to end up with somebody else, and they, because of their murder, their hate-filled murder, they're going to end up in jail for either a very long time or maybe for life, or maybe in some states they might be executed. So what did their hatred get them? In Deuteronomy chapter 19, verses 11 and 12, if anyone hates his neighbor, lies in wait for him, rises up against him and strikes him mortally, in other words, kills him, murders him, so that he dies and he flees to one of these cities, then the elders of his city shall send and bring him from there and deliver him over to the avenger of blood that he may die. In other words, he can be executed. Deuteronomy 19, verses 11 and 12. Now, that's the Old Testament law of Moses. Hatred is productive of no good. It is productive of only evil. Now, note the psalmist here. As he finds himself the object of hatred, he writes this. They have surrounded me, in other words, his enemies. They have surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. They have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Psalm 119, 3 and verse 5. The wise man wrote, Solomon, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Proverbs 10 and verse 12. And later in that same chapter, we read, whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Verse 18, Proverbs 10. The indication seems to be that a person bearing hatred finds it necessary to hide or disguise or even deny his hatred before others. Proverbs 26, verse 24, and also verses 27 and 28. Hatred's an ugly characteristic, and it is productive of no good. We cannot walk with God in righteousness and harbor hatred in our heart at the same time. Do you hate somebody? Do you hate a group of people? Let's pray. Father, help us to never let hatred swell up in our hearts. And if it is there, help us, Father. Guide us to put it away. Help us to walk in righteousness before you and to love as you would have us love. Please, Father, we pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.